white queens. Since the bleeding had stopped and I wasn't in any pain, I walked out. A large, red-headed male nurse I had touched base with earlier ran after me and threatened loudly. Listen to me, young lady. You get back here. You are next in line. You had your hand in filthy dishwater. You have not had a tetanus shot. I'd not had an inoculation of any kind. My mom was a nature freak. Twenty-four hours from now, you could be dead. You get back here, or I am writing in my report that you willfully disobeyed my orders. This was scary. Forget the blackberry jam. A large, red-headed male wearing white was taunting me from the lobby of New York Hospital's ER. I kept walking. The fact was my dishwater was not filthy. How dare he insult it? The afflicted hand and guilty glass had been under clear running water. If the tap water's filthy, blame the mayor. Second, I had been next in line until a load of drunk, severely damaged teenaged boys, fresh from a car crash, were rushed in. You think my script-memorizing cut thumb was going to trump their stretchered asses? Not on your life. This was around the time that the movie Poltergeist came out. I was so disturbed by the male nurse's vitriol toward me as I exited the ER that I worried about him calling me in the middle of the night. He had all my personal information, after all. Mr. Nurse Ratchet seemed to take my departure very, very personally for some strange reason. He was less concerned that I get better than that I comply. Or perhaps obey? I anticipated him phoning at 3 a.m. and screeching, You are going to die! Just like the decrepit old man whose yellow teeth filled the TV screen in the poltergeist ad. I did not develop tetanus, and despite his dire prognostication, I failed to die. I do, however, have an interesting, raised, heart-shaped scar on my thumb. It's kind of a keloid, quilted heart. I have had over the years two deep-seated physical fears. One, from childhood, was of childbirth. I must have brought that one over from a past life. That phobia has faded over the decades. My other fear was of surgery. Given my squeamishness, you can imagine my receptivity to the idea of IVs, catheters, breathing tubes, and oxygen lines in my squishy parts. Gave me the heebie-jeebies all around. My friend Laura, an artist, thinks the body, inside and out, is a magnificently designed work of art. I agree with the outside part, but I believe the inside parts should be kept inside. The interior is just too goopy and inscrutable with pipes and tubes, levers and ducts, lubricants, waterways, rods, cones, stiffeners, washers, expanders, drain pipes, sprinkler systems, and release valves. How doctors keep on top of all the mushy bits and pieces, I have no idea. That realm holds the same mystique for me as car mechanics or tech serve. A friend of mine at the gym was both a funny gal and on the hysterical, as in very nervous, side. 
She was studying to get her certificate to teach dance to children and was required to take an anatomy class. This got her flustered. I sympathized and laughed as she reeled off everything she had to remember for her test. The hip bone is connected to the thigh bone, and the thigh bone is connected to the pussy bone. Sounded about right to me. Another comrade found out her husband had been bleeding rectally for quite some time. He had neglected to mention this medical tidbit either to his spouse or his internist. Incredulous, she was compelled to spell it out for him. Honey, blood inside, good. Blood outside, bad. By the time I found out that my uterine fibroids were the size of baseballs, some inside, some outside my uterus, and that my uterus itself was the same size as that of a woman who was six months pregnant,